Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. And in the same region there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you was born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. So here are these shepherds, right? We always hear this. And oftentimes, if you're watching a movie, or whatever the case may be, you have that image of the shepherds, and they're usually kind of old men, maybe, kind of wimpy, little, frail. More often than not, shepherds were not always the case. Sure, it spanned the gambit, but if you remember when David was a shepherd, he, would ki he killed a lion. I mean, so these guys knew how to protect themselves. So here they are, they're doing their thing, right? And then this angel shows up. But how did the shepherds respond? Well, they were afraid. So maybe that's why we give them the impression that we have in our minds. But the angel had to tell them, fear not. And that's because men fear things. And angels, they're no exception. Angels, as the Bible reveals them, are quite terrifying creatures to behold at times, not just little chubby babies with wings playing harps. Men fear angels because they are otherworldly. And men fear things because that's part of his sinful nature. Since the fall into sin, men fear things other than God. That image of God was lost in men when sin entered the world. And the image of God includes things like the right fear, the right knowledge, and trust in God alone. Everything which is required of us in the first commandment, you shall have no other gods. Now men fear because deep down we lack that perfect trust in who God is and what he does. Because if men really did trust God completely and without any shred of doubt, there would be no reason to fear anything or anything else. God is the ultimate. There's no one beside him as he is the source of all things and the judge of all things. He gives and he takes away. And so the devil knows this too. He's a smart guy. He knows the weaknesses of men and how to get us to fear and what this will do to people. You hear people talk about things like torture or how torturing someone only goes so far. But if you really want to motivate people, it's fear. Fear of torture can be just as bad or even worse than torture itself. Or when people are afraid, they will go along with whatever or whomever promises to relieve their fear. No matter what the ideas may be or the means to achieve this, they want safety. They don't want to be afraid. And so the devil, he likes to prey on that. Because the devil lives in the realm of uncertainty. And getting us to fear the loss of things, the loss of people, the loss of life. So fear was and still is around us. Perhaps it could be said of the world in a similar, similar way to the shepherds we heard in the reading. And lo, there were, behold, people from many nations and lands living their lives, doing their thing, 
Then suddenly a host of events surrounded them, and they were filled with great fear. So what is it that man fears in 2020? Maybe it would be easier for us to list what we're not feeling, fearing right now. Or are you afraid now? What are you afraid of? Fear of sickness? Fear of death? Fear of unrest in the country? Fear of loss of times of hardship? Fear of change? Fear of not being able to get back on your feet? Fear of fearing others? Fear of others not fearing? Sin has a nasty way of perverting things in the world and in our own lives in this way. It's also a telling thing, too, when we look at the world and we get surprised when we face times of suffering and trial, when things become fearful, when we're caught unaware of the seriousness in which we live. Because when we view the world in our lives, forgetting that reality of the state of this world as fallen into sin, we do get surprised. But really, a right understanding of things should be the opposite, not leading to a temporal, fear of temporal things. 2020 has been something, but the surprising thing for us as Christians is actually that it hasn't been worse, or really that our whole lives of this in this world haven't been living in a world that makes 2020 look like living a day in paradise. But that doesn't mean Christians are pessimists. It doesn't mean we're Debbie Downers who want to put a bad spin on every little thing. No, we as Christians take sin seriously. We know what it brings. We know what it's about. We know that everything we look around us has been fallen and is groaning and crying out for redemption. And we know, too, that the adversary, our, the devil who is our adversary, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking to devour us. And so we know this as God's word reveals it to us, and it's seen, and we look not in complacency, but we look in repentance. But it does make every good and gracious thing we receive in, the, in this life all the more wonderful. Even something like daily bread or clothes to wear or just those little things in life, we understand how much of a gift they are. Because the reason is because God, God's mercy. Even in those temporal things now, the bread that's here one day and gone the next, the clothes that you wear out or get holes in one day and the next you need more. All of those are poured out upon us because of the death of Jesus. If God's wrath, which is right and just, had not been poured out onto Christ, then we couldn't even stand an instant of living in this world. We would be consumed. So the very fact that we can sit here today and are not consumed is because of Christ crucified in our place. That's the surprising thing then. Not that this year has been bad, and it has been, not to downplay that, but really that there are any good years at all after the fall into sin. It's only by the grace of God do we have what we have, and we don't deserve it, but it's given out of God's care and mercy because he's our Father. And there's a right fear, too. The glory of God came upon these shepherds. And God's presence and glory are associated with one another, and man rightly fears God who made heaven and earth. But this, the shepherds were not left in fear. There's something wonderful that was proclaimed to them in all of this. And God still proclaims us to this same thing to us as, tonight as well. 
So in this reading, there was a message. And what did the angels say as these shepherds were cowering in fear? The angel said, fear not. For behold, I bring you good news. I bring you the gospel of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. So here amid fear, amid uncertainty, amid all of this chaos that's going on, the shepherds are preached to. And it's something that cast out fear. The angel pointed them to the one who came into this world in order to redeem it. He pointed them to Christ who was born and came to silence fear by his suffering, by his dying, by his rising again. And so Adam and Eve hid from God after the fall into sin. They were afraid and tried to hide. But God is the one, though, who went after them and who spoke those words that I will bruise, that I will put enmity between you and the woman to the serpent, he said, and between your offspring and her offspring, he will bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. Because that's what God does. In the midst of fear, God gives a promise. From the seed of the woman would come the one who would bruise the head of the serpent. The prophets would continue through the ages speaking this word. God through, the, through Isaiah said, Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and shall call his name Emmanuel. And tonight we hear that message spoken to the shepherds. Fear not, I bring you news of, good news of great joy. So living in the, this world, it's not a safe thing, and it never, ever will be. But from the manger, Jesus cries out, you are safe, because you have the one who has conquered sin, death, and the devil. And as a Christian, you go to where the Lord is found and where he promises healing, peace, refreshment. A Christian goes to the Lord who is good and whose mercy endures forever. The shepherds went with haste to where Jesus was because he is the Savior, their Savior, your Savior. Where the Savior is, that's where you want to be. Christians go to where the Lord is and find peace in Christ crucified for us and giving us his gifts. It's the same for us tonight, this year, next year, every year. So you who are in fear, go running to where the Lord is born for you and find in its place rest and peace. The baby whom the shepherd saw lying in the wood of the manger as the same child who would grow up, preach, teach, work miracles, be handed over to sinful men, and nailed to the wood of a cross. He came forth from the womb of the virgin and laid upon a bed for feeding animals, dwelling in the filth and wretchedness that is this world, and gave up his spirit upon the bed of a cross, meant for killing criminals. But then he burst forth from the womb of the tomb on the third day. All of this, tonight, Christmas, Good Friday, Easter, all of this, his whole life was because he loves you, because he came to save you, and he most certainly has done it. 
You are the church of God, and the Lord is at work in your life through his means of grace. These are the manger now where God's people go running and find Christ, for you no longer wrapped in swaddling cloths, but veiled in word, water, bread, wine. And you behold the Lord physically and really even as Mary held the infant Jesus in her arms. Here is Christ for you, who gives you forgiveness, life, and salvation freely and fully. This baby is the word made flesh who gives life to you, and you see him in his unwavering and unending faithfulness as you adore the Christ child. A few weeks ago, we were at our circuit meeting, a winkle we call it, it's a German word coming from a meeting of things, and we were going through the large catechism, and we were talking about all of these things and talking about God's care for us in the midst of a pandemic, in the midst of a derecho, and whatever the case may be. And we were reading Martin Luther in the large catechism on the sacrament of the altar. And Martin Luther preached something very timely in the large catechism, which was not far off from a time of plague that he experienced. And he preached, we must never think of the sacrament as something harmful for which we had better flee, but as a pure, wholesome, comforting remedy that grants salvation and comfort. It will cure you and give you life both in body and soul. Where the soul is recovered, the body also is re relieved. Why then do we act as if the sacrament were a poison, the eating of which would bring death? To be sure, it is true that those who despise the sacrament and live in an unchristian way receive it to their hurt and damnation. Nothing shall be good or wholesome for them. It is just like a sick person who on a whim eats and drinks what is forbidden to him by the doctor. But those who are mindful of their weakness, desire to be rid of it, and long for help, they should regard and use the sacrament just like a precious antidote against the poison that they have in them. Here in the sacrament you are to receive from the lips of Christ forgiveness of sins. It contains and brings with it God's grace and the Spirit with all his gifts, protection, shelter, and power against death and the devil and all misfortune. God is not far from us. He's come. He's our brother in the flesh, only without sin. So Christians, don't be afraid. You're the flock of God. Jesus is your Savior who has saved you in body and soul. He's come and redeemed you from sin, death, and the power of the devil, and he sends them fleeing. So lift up your heads and behold your King, who has come, who dwells among you now, and is coming again. Rejoice this night that no one or no thing can take you away from the Lord who has shown you mercy in Christ. And with haste, go to where your Lord is, find rest for your weary souls, so long assailed by the devil, the world, and your fallen flesh. Behold, the Lord who is the life of the world. Rejoice with the shepherds whose fears were calmed by the word of God preached by the angels. Sing out boldly and gladly without fear, for the glory of the Lord has come upon you, not for your detriment, but for your salvation. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. Glory to God in the highest, indeed, as you are his own, now and forever. <laughs>